So we have a beautiful opportunity through music to invoke emotions and to explore themes. And there's this scripture in Ecclesiastes that says everything is meaningless. And so I'd invite you to sit and reflect on these words. Let me ask you a 
a question this morning. Maybe just put your hand up if this is true. Do any any of you ever just pause and ponder the meaning of life? Anyone find yourself just in the walkthrough, just just stopping and going, what what does it all mean? Have any of you ever had a spell in your life where you wondered if life had any meaning at all? Wrestled, struggled. Or maybe what about this question? Have you ever felt like your life wasn't going anywhere? Anyone had a, a, a time in your life where it just, it felt like you were running in circles? Whatever those circles were, you're just running in circles and it, it's like, I'm just, life is not moving. It's not fulfilling. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what it all means. Maybe you're feeling that way right now today. Every week before my message on Sunday morning, I go into the chapel and, and share a prayer. And, and my prayer is different each week, but, but there's always a portion of it that's a, that is the same. And, and that is that, that something that I would say, something in the midst of our worship service together would resonate for each person. That there would be some message that God would speak to each person who worships with us here on, online and in some way. There'd be some kind of inspiration, some kind of spirit connection for each person. But today, I, I might just add a prayer. I, I, I pray today that, that I, I hope that this message might, might speak to those who are really wrestling with meaning in their life right now, with a sense of, of purpose, who feel like life isn't just going anywhere. I, I, I pray today that this, this message might, might just speak for you. So let's pray, and then we're going to dive in with our 167 series and look at the book of Ecclesiastes today. Would you pray with me? Holy God, Holy, Holy Spirit, we know that you are already here. Help us to be aware of your presence. And Lord, in these Words between these words, around these words that we share today, I pray that you might speak to us, to each one of us. Open our minds to grow and understand more, and maybe even more important, Lord, open our hearts to a deeper sense of your love in Jesus Christ that gives us meaning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This month, our 167 series is based on on this idea that there are 168 hours in a week. And many of us spend, as we're doing today, we spend one of those hours in worship together. And so the question becomes, how is our life, how are the other 167 hours of our life, how are they infused with God's presence? How do we claim those other 167 hours as holy as moments when we know God's presence or as we live in to God's presence. To help us in this search, we've been exploring what's known as the wisdom literature of the Bible, Psalms and Proverbs, today Ecclesiastes, next week Song of Songs. And to help us think about this for a minute, I, I want to just ask a question. How many of you have a toolbox at home? Toolbox, somewhere at home right? Most of us have a toolbox at home. Why do we have a toolbox at home? Because sometimes we need specific tools for specific jobs, and so we keep those tools in our toolbox. Today, I want to invite us just to, as a way to think about it, think about the wisdom literature as a toolbox for us in faith. 
Because you see that the Old Testament, the Old Testament begins with the God giving the people the Torah. God calls God's people and, and gives them the, the law. He gives them the teaching, the, the foundation of what it means to be God's people. And then the Old Testament tells the story of God's people through kings and, and kingdoms and, and rise and, and fall. It's the, the story of, of God's people. And, and we learn through this story that eventually the, the people were unfaithful and the kingdom fell. And, and the history of the Old Testament essentially ends with the, the people scattered and asking what happened, seeking to find meaning without a, without a temple and without a country. What does it mean to be God's people? As they're in exile, scattered, we know that they begin to, to pull together the, the books of the prophets. There were prophets among them that were speaking God's word to them. Words about being faithful. Words about their sin of being unfaithful and what would happen that has now come to pass. And, and the prophets are, have spoke, speak this word of, of hope that God hasn't abandoned them, that God is still with them, that God will reconcile, that God is a, is a God who, who stays with God's people no matter what. In between the history books and the, the prophets are these books of wisdom, Today we're in, invited to think of these. It's, it's wisdom. It's, it's how, how the people began to think about how do we live in the in-between. And so they found these tools in the faith toolbox as they went back to their holy scriptures and holy books. And, and one of those tools was songs and prayer, songs of prayer. Carolyn, a, a couple of weeks ago, introduced us to the to, to the. It's the Psalms, which are these songs, right? Sometimes it's, it's easier than just words to, for things to be set to music as we, as we heard even today. The Psalms were ways from A to Z, Carolyn taught us, that, to remind us that everything is from God and that everything is holy. Words that could be chanted or sung, words that could be prayed as a reminder that, that God is in everything. One tool in our toolbox a second tool in our toolbox is wisdom. Last week we looked at the Proverbs, these sayings that are generally true, little snippets of, of wisdom, generally to remind us that there is a way of love and goodness, but there is also a way of evil and foolishness. So we're invited to carry this wisdom on our hearts, to carry it with us everywhere we go to remind us of the way of love and caring and to not take the way of evil and foolishness. The third tool in this toolbox, the one we're going to look at today with the help of Ecclesiastes, is meaning. Right? If we're going to make sense of, of where we are in the midst of the in-between, make sense of the, the times when life feels chaotic and we're not sure how it's all going to be reconciled, then we need, to, we need to have some sense of purpose and some sense of meaning. For that, we're going to turn to Ecclesiastes. And it's appropriate that the Bible addresses this idea of meaning, right? Humanity spends a lot of time and effort on trying to figure out why we're here and what we're about and what we're supposed to be doing, how to live a, a life of success or, or that makes a mark on the, on the world. I'll bet if you walked into a bookstore and you said, I'm looking for a book on like living with purpose or meaning, they could probably give you a list of 200 books on those shelves. 
So it makes sense, right, that the Bible would address this question, and that's what we're going to look at today. How do we find meaning in our lives? We turn to Ecclesiastes, and if I ever published my own translation of the Bible, like I don't want to do my own translation, but if I ever published like some, my own study notes for the Bible, when you got to Ecclesiastes, there'd be a page, and it would go, warning may lead to depression. I don't know how many of you have read Ecclesiastes all the way through, but it's not the most uplifting of books. We're going to look at, at just a, a snippet of it today, but I just want you to know, like, this is, this is Ecclesiastes. I'm going to read from chapter 2, starting at verse 1. I said to myself, come, I will make you experience pleasure. Enjoy what is good. But this, too, was pointless. Merriment, I thought, is madness, pleasure, no use at all. I tried cheering myself with wine and by embracing folly, with wisdom still guiding me, until I might see what is really worth doing in the few days that human beings have under heaven. I took on great projects. I built houses for myself, planted vineyards for myself. I made gardens and parks for myself, planting every kind of fruit tree in them. I made reservoirs for myself to water my lush groves. I acquired male servants and female servants. I even had slaves born in my house. I also had great herds of cattle and sheep, more than any who preceded me in Jerusalem. I amassed silver and gold for myself, the treasures of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers for myself, along with every human luxury, treasure chests galore. So I became far greater than all who preceded me in Jerusalem. Moreover, my wisdom stood by me. I refrained from nothing that my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. Indeed, my heart found pleasure from the results of my hard work. That was the reward of all my hard work. But when I surveyed all that my hands had done, and what I had worked so hard to achieve... I realized that it was pointless, a chasing after wind. Nothing is to be gained under the sun. My reflections then turned to wisdom, madness, and folly. What can the king's heir do but what has already been done? I saw that wisdom is more beneficial than folly, that light is more beneficial than darkness. The wise have eyes in their head, but fools walk around in darkness. But I also realized that the same fate happens to both of them. So I thought to myself, what happens to the fool will also happen to me. So why have I been so very wise? I said to myself, this too is pointless. There is no eternal memory of the wise any more than the foolish, because everyone is forgotten before long. How can the wise die just like the fool? So I hated life. Because the things that happened under the sun were troublesome to me. Definitely, everything is pointless. Just wind chasing. I hated the things I worked so hard for here under the sun because I will have to leave them to someone who comes after me. And who knows whether that one will be wise or foolish. Either way, that person will have control over the results of all my hard work and wisdom here under the sun. That too is pointless. I then gave myself up to despair 
as I thought about all my laborious hard work under the sun, because sometimes those who have worked hard with wisdom, knowledge, and skill must leave the results of their hard work as a possession to those who haven't worked hard for it. This, too, is pointless. It's a terrible wrong. I mean, what do people get for all their hard work and struggles under the sun? All their days are pain, and their work is aggravation. Even at night, their hearts don't find rest. This, too, is pointless. Anybody depressed yet? Right, about 98% of Ecclesiastes is just like this. This search and search and search for, for meaning in all of these places and finding it all meaningless or pointless. The Hebrew word that Ecclesiastes uses, it's hevel. And it, it's translated as pointless or in some other translations, vanity or meaningless. But its literal translation is vapor or wind. It's like the, the author of Ecclesiastes is, is essentially saying, I have searched and searched and searched for meaning and purpose. I have searched in, I've searched in wisdom and work and pleasure. I've attained it all. I've searched in notoriety and riches and great achievements. I've searched everywhere, and all of it is, is like dust in the wind. All of it is vapor that just vanishes the author begins to realize that in a hundred years or a thousand years or, or 10,000 years, everything, everything that's been achieved will be gone anyway and no one will remember. All the things the author realizes, all the things the world says that you should do to, to leave a mark on the, on the world, all the things the world says will make you happy, examines them all and comes to the conclusion, but it's, it's all meaningless. None of them last. None of them lead to eternal happiness. I remember meeting a, a younger guy once. I was in my 20s. I would guess he was in his late 30s, maybe 40. He shared with me and, and another pastor who had invited me to, to sit down and, and talk with him because he knew he was kind of struggling. He shared with us that um, before he was 30, he had been a, a millionaire more than once over because of a couple patents that he'd had in engineering right out of, right out of engineering school. He'd gotten married. He had this wonderful wife, um, two bright, amazing kids. He owned two businesses at the time, one that he had uh, started and one that he had, had bought. We're doing interesting technology work in the, in the world. He had everything he wanted. They had a vacation home on a lake. They could go to celebrate family celebrations at the, at the nicest restaurants. He had it all. And he looked across the table at us as we sat and had lunch, and he's like, and I am miserable. I am miserable. And I didn't think of it at the time, but I look back and I'm like, he could have written the book of Ecclesiastes. Because I sat across from him as a young guy. I, don't, I probably just married, maybe engaged, just married. And thinking, like, that's kind of, it's kind of what I'd hoped for in life. Like, to get married and, and have kids and, and enough money that we were comfortable. Like, that's, that's kind of what I wanted. And here he is. He, I feel like he's got it all. And he's, and he's, miserable. 
It's not like he didn't even have a church community in his life, because he, he had our church community in his life. But here he was, sitting before us, and he wasn't fulfilled, asking this question, like, what more is there? Like, I've achieved everything I've set out in life to do, and, and it's not it. What more is there? But before we give up, right, before we give in to that kind of despair and those times in our life when we're asking that, that question, what is there? Before we give in to feeling like life is just a fishbowl and we're swimming around in circles and, and none of it means anything, we need to take a really close look at Ecclesiastes because, you know, I mentioned there's 98% that is all about how meaningless it all is, but there's another, there's another 2%, and we shouldn't miss that 2%. This is how the author closes his thoughts in chapter 2. Right after all this about it, looking for meaning in all these places and it being pointless, the author says this, there's nothing better for human beings than to eat, drink, and experience pleasure in their hard work. I also saw that this is from God's hand. Who can eat and find enjoyment otherwise? Because God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to those who please God. But to those who are offensive, God gives the task of hoarding and accumulating, but only so as to give it all to those who do please God. This too is pointless and a chasing after wind. Right? How can we eat and find enjoyment? How can we find meaning and purpose in our lives? The author of Ecclesiastes says, with God, you can't. This young man, one of the things I look back on, I didn't know it at the time, but one of the things that I missed in that conversation, I don't think the other pastor with me who was more seasoned missed it, was that he kept looking for joy in the achievement itself. Well, if I find the right woman, that's where the, the joy will be. If I, if I raise two good kids, that's where the fulfillment will be. He kept looking for the fulfillment in, in the next achievement or the next thing on the list. Only if the achievement, if the fulfillment, if the meaning always comes from the next thing on the list, you never achieve it because there's always another thing on the list. At the same time, he was living always into somebody else's expectations, his parents, the, the corporate world, instead of enjoying the moments as gifts from God. You see, it is indeed all vapor without God. But, Ecclesiastes says, but with God, everything has meaning. Let me say that again, just so we can sit in this, in this truth. With God, everything has meaning. I love the book of Ecclesiastes because I, I think it, I think it captures our lives as human beings, right? We spend all this time doing and doing and doing and trying to uh, achieve what the world says we should achieve. And then we seek and we seek and we seek. And when we finally pause for a moment, or sometimes when things come crashing down and, and we find that all that all that work isn't leading to where we thought it was going to, or when we're just so worn out, we're just 
struggling for energy to go on, that's when we pause and we go, wait, did any of it have any meaning? And it's so easy to give in to the despair of thinking that it's all meaningless. The despair of wondering if any of it was for any purpose. Ecclesiastes shares that human angst. But then it, but then it says... When you reach that low point, when you're wrestling with if it has any meaning at all, pull this tool out of your toolbox and realize that with God, it does have meaning. Your life has meaning. All those things that you do with God, they, they have meaning. That job you have right now, sure, someday you'll quit and move on from that job, and, and yet most people there probably won't remind, remember you. Certainly not in 50 years or or 100 years. Yeah, for some of you, you do the same thing day after day. You work for a paycheck. And maybe maybe some of you think, you're like, I don't don't see that I'm changing the world in any way with this job. Is, Is this job meaningless? Oh, without God, yes. But with God... With God, every moment in that job can be imbued with, with, with meaning and, and with opportunities to share God's love. Every moment interacting with people, doing the work you do is an opportunity to share the love that you know. Every dollar earned in that job can help you care, care for community, care for family, care for others. Every time you help a coworker, to improve every time you forgive a customer for being rude, every time you take an opportunity to just share your own faith background as an opportunity for your job to be holy, to be imbued with meaning and and purpose. With God, every moment of every day can be a moment filled with God's presence and love. When I fly or, or travel, some of you have heard me say before, I love to meet people, uh, introduce myself to them, and inevitably, when you start a conversation with somebody, nine times out of ten, it leads to one of you asking the question, like, what do you do for a living, or, or you know, how do you make a living, what do you enjoy doing, some, some question, some conversation like that. And I think almost half the time, and it's even more if I introduce myself and say what I do first, someone will respond to me when I ask them what they do by putting just in front of whatever it is they do. Well, I'm just a barista at Starbucks, or I'm just a city department worker. And I hate that. I particularly hate it after I have shared what I do, and then somehow they think in relation to a pastor, their job is just something. Like, I I can't stand it when they minimize I don't know where we get that, that somehow some of us are more important than others or some jobs are more important than others. Instead, Ecclesiastes invites us to find meaning in everything and and to realize that everything is a calling. Every role that we step into is, is a calling, a particular calling. You are not just anything. You're not just a a nurse. You are a nurse who is creating a a place for for healthy living and caring for people, nurturing them back to health. You are a teacher who is infusing meaning and love into the lives of young people. You are a retail worker who in your care and joy and patience is serving others with a love they may not even know they, they need. 
You were a stay-at-home mom or a dad, not just a stay-at-home mom or a dad, or, but a stay-at-home dad or mom preparing your kids to know love as a, as a guide and showing them the gift of sacrifice and commitment so that those gifts will be shared in community. You're a city worker, a sanitation department worker who are working to make the community a, a better place. You're a cleaning staff who are keeping a building healthy and a good environment for others. You're retired, now able to serve your community in, in new ways, sharing your gifts in new ways. With God, everything has meaning. Your interaction with others, your conversations, every opportunity you take to share a little bit of God's love and how you interact with others. And we should pause for a moment and realize Ecclesiastes talks a lot about pleasure too. This isn't just about work and the work that we do. It's also about play and, and pleasure it's about every part of our lives, about family, about what we do and we're, when we're having fun. Right? And Ecclesiastes says every season has its purpose, the good times, the, the difficult times. For those of you who are golfers out there, those, those three hours you spent playing the worst nine holes of your life, like was it meaningless? Without God, yeah, it was just a meaningless outing on the golf course. But with God... It was a, a walk, not like Mark Twain says, a good walk spoiled, but it was a, it was a walk out in, out in nature, taking time to renew and reinvigorate and, and reflect. It was an opportunity to, to walk with a friend and share stories and, and support one another. Without God, meaningless. With God, those nine holes, as bad as they may have been, had meaning. Your family went on vacation, everybody got sick, you came back, and you're declared it the worst vacation ever. Is it meaningless? Without God, yeah, it was kind of meaningless. But with God, it was time spent together. Regardless of how miserable, you cared for each other, you supported each other, you found a way through. Ten years from now, you'll be telling stories, not of the amazing vacation, but of that time when you were all sick and you cared for each other and you made it through together. With God, it has community, it has, it has meaning because it was shared in the love of family that is a gift from, from God. Meaning is found when we give every moment to God. Meaning is found when we invest God's love in others. You see, at the heart of our Ecclesiastes is this truth. Our purpose, your purpose, my purpose, the purpose of everyone God has created is to live for God. And meaning in our lives comes from this truth. Our purpose is to give it all to God, our work, our play, our pleasure. And in this, all aspects of our lives, they take on meaning. Each week in this 167 series, we've introduced a way to, to reflect on the message and, and claim more of those hours of our life as holy moments, as moments when God is present and here's the, the invitation I want to offer for this week. In your life guide today, as you came in, hopefully you received a, a, a card. It's about the size of a postcard. I want to invite you to take it out now if, if you have that. If not, I want to make, invite you to make sure that you get one before you leave today. On that card, on one side, it's just kind of brief instructions. But on the other side, you'll find a, a line for each day of the week 
And this is our, our invitation to think about meaning and purpose, to imbue your life with meaning and, and purpose. I want to invite you sometime today, in fact, if you want to do it right now, it's just pull out a pencil and do it right now. Write down one, one thing that you can do each day that might please God in your work, in your play, in your, in your pleasure. One thing that you might do to, to please God. Maybe it's you're going to help a coworker with that task that, yeah, they should have figured out by now, but, but you're going to be patient. You're just going to help them one more time try and figure out how to do it. Maybe, maybe something you can do this week is to, to, to take a, a couple hours and spend with a friend and, and just make sure that you're not going to unload on them. You're going to just be there and continue to ask questions and listen because you know they could use somebody listening in their life right now. Maybe you're going to do something fun with your family and claim that time as, as time to be in God's presence together as a, as a family. Maybe you're going to claim some time in a day to pray for a friend. What's something you could do each day as you, as you walk through your day? Just walk through in your mind. What does my day look like? What's a moment that I could... I could give to God in this day. And I could really be intentional about knowing God's presence, build meaning into my life with how I am showing up as a student, as a friend, as a, as a coworker, as a person in my neighborhood. And then I want to invite you as you go through this week, just follow through on those actions. If you tuned out at any point today, we pastors know that happens sometimes. Let me invite you to tune back in. The band did this beautiful song that Amy wrote about, about how easy it is to think that it's all meaningless, all chasing after wind. And here's what I want you to hear today. That while it can feel that way, your life has meaning. Hear that God created you with purpose. God created you with a plan. God showed us his love in Jesus Christ so that we know that each and every one of us matters to him. And you may not sense that meaning. You may not know it. You may feel like you're spinning around in circles, but God, God's spinning there with you, and God is, is working in your life in each and every moment, and God is ready to break through. God just invites us to, to claim every moment and every action for Him. Every moment of play with a friend or a spouse or a child, every moment of work that you do, every, everything that you read, every conversation you share has purpose in God's time and God's presence. Every moment can be a holy moment when you give it to God and you ask God to be in it with you. So we close with these words of Ecclesiastes. Seems fitting to end with the author's words. Chapter 12, this is how he ends all of his reflection. He says this, so this is the end of the matter. All has been heard. Worship God and keep God's commandments because this is what everyone must do. God will definitely bring every deed to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or bad. With God, everything has meaning. Amen.